0: Good morning. morning. My name is Mary Beth Heatwell Moore, and I am the new interim chapel minister here at Eastern Mennonite Seminary. I graduated here with an MDiv in um, 2021, and it feels good to be back here in this space with you all today. I want to welcome you to the first Tuesday morning chapel service of the spring semester. Welcome to those of you present here in Martin Chapel and to those of you joining us virtually. Last week we gathered here in this space for the annual School for Leadership training and pondered how we can create communities of belonging that welcome every body. Bodies that are young, old, sick, healthy, small, medium, large, able, and disabled. All kinds of bodies. We learned that together, all of our bodies reflect the fullness of the image of God. And as we worship together today with prayers and songs of beloved community, may these words not just be words that we recite or merely give lip service to, but may they actually become our messy lived reality. That is my hope for us together this semester. So now I offer you this welcome and invitation to worship. Children of God, welcome. Welcome to this place of love and grace. Welcome to this place of hope and perseverance. God invites all of us to be a part of the beloved community. God invites all of us to share in the good news. We are welcome just as we are. We are loved just as we are. And gratitude for all of this. Let us worship God. I would like to invite Marcy to lead us in our gathering hymn, Let's Walk Together, and that is Voices Together number six.
1: first gospel lesson comes from the third chapter of Matthew verses 13 through 17 hear now the word of God then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him John would have prevented him saying I need to be baptized by you and do you come to me but Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from the heavens said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Our second gospel reading comes from the 12th chapter of Matthew, verses 14 through 21. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. When Jesus became aware of this, he departed. Many followed him, and he cured all of them. And he ordered them not to make him known. This was to fill what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to the Gentiles. He will not wrangle or cry aloud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed or quench a smoldering wick until he brings justice to victory, and in his name the Gentiles will hope. The word of God for the people of God. God. Amen.
2: Let's sing together from Voices Together, number 43 God be the love.
3: morning, happy to be here with you this morning. I'm going to be reading from Matthew 17, 1 to 8. Mateo 17, 1 al 8. I do have a, a Bible uh, on paper, okay, but this is easy for, for the occasion. <laughs> okay, yeah, I feel good. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James, and his brother John, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like a sun, and his clothes clothes became bright as light. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah, talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here, if you wish. I will set up three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, the beloved. Beloved, and with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they raised their eyes, they saw one upset jesus himself alone this is the word of god palabra de dios
0: in a few moments we will have the good fortune of receiving a message from Reverend Dr. Sarah Ann Bixler, who is the Associate Dean and an Assistant Professor here at EMS. Before she speaks, we will watch a short video clip that Sarah suggested for this service. This video is from a virtual concert given on November 19, Um, 2020 of Ken Miedema and Mark Miller. Ken Miedema was here with us last week for SLT and he wowed us with his music, his stories, his laughter, and his keen ability to listen. Mark Miller is a professor of church music at Drew Theological School who seeks to create music that reflects and gives rise to beloved community. Our gathering hymn this morning, Let's Walk Together, was written by him. And the song that we will hear the two of them sing in this video is one that we enjoyed several times last week during SLT. Um, It is number 802 in Voices Together, if you have that with you and would like to follow along. Um, While the video plays, you are welcome to just sit back and listen and enjoy them sing, or feel free to sing along if you feel led to do so. Um, We will watch the um, video, and then Sarah, I welcome you to come forward to share your message with us.
4: I first mark, met Mark Miller in New York many, many years ago. I think it was at um, maybe Marvel Collegiate Church or Riverside. I can't remember which. Mark will tell me in a minute. Uh, and I was so impressed and amazed with his songwriting. His just, He was just beginning to write songs. And then later on in a choral clinic, I heard him do a masterful classical organ recital. uh, And it was amazing. This is a man of many talents. He's a composer. Some of you will know his choral work, I'm sure. He is a uh, pop songwriter. He's a hymn writer. He is a scholar. He is a professor at Drew Seminary, a church musician. (laughs) I, I don't even know what else he has in his pocket of talents, but there are many. Mark Miller, my friend, it is good to see you. (laughs)
5: <laughs> it is a joy to be with you, Ken. And I'm wearing a shirt that almost is like yours. We're both wearing flannel, and uh, I appreciate that.
4: Well, I I didn't get the memo, so it must have been spirit. It's kismet. So where where was it that we first met?
5: I think it was. I I know we crossed paths at Riverside and Marble, of course, our dear friends. But I think it was at Lake Junaluska in North but Carolina. Choir camp. It was the choir really? camp, and uh, <sighs> yep. And I went to a concert uh, that I think you were ha- you were late coming in to yep. uh, an adult choir rehearsal or a young adult choir rehearsal, and um, but then you got there, and my mind was blown. And I went back from that place and wrote, uh, "There's a spirit of love in this place," and dedicated it to you. And yes. yeah, you you changed the, the course my of name. my.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. the week I heard you play that organ recital, and you just—I mean—you killed it. Oh my word! Well, we're going to make music together, and uh, okay. I want you—I want to hear—I uh, want to hear the "Draw the Circle Wide." This is this tune has been that people will be singing this tune for a hundred years, I think. It's really a masterful piece, and I wish you'd um, sing it for us.
5: I will try to do my best here. Let's see. C major might be good, but D, I think I did D. Draw
6: the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide.
4: No one stands
6: alone, we'll stand side by side draw the circle draw the circle wide draw the circle draw the circle wide draw the circle draw the circle wide no one stands alone will stand side by side Draw the circle, draw the circle wide, draw the circle wide, draw it wider still. Let this be our song, no one stands alone standing side by side. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. We're going to draw it, Stephen Mitchell. Draw the circle wide, draw it wider still. Let this be our song. No one stands alone standing side by side. The circle, draw the circle wide. And in your sadness and in your grief, from all the pain, it seems there's no release. We will hold you until the storm subsides. Draw the circle, draw the circle wide. Draw the circle wide, draw it wider still. Let this be our song. No one stands alone, standing side. Circle draw the circle wide Draw the circle Draw the circle
5: wide Hallelujah
2: And the song has made it into voices together that we have here at EMS into our school for leadership training. And it was a blessing to me to hear that performed in the context of a work with Ken Miedema, who was here with us last week. So I hope you enjoyed that. It's my intention today with my message in this opening chapel service for the spring semester to provide a bit of a bridge that links our School for Leadership training that we enjoyed last week, our celebration of Martin Luther King Jr. Day events yesterday over the weekend at EMU, and next week's chapel, in which our new interim chapel minister will be leading us in some contemplative exercises. And so as I seek to provide a bridge a link through these different threads that are beginning our semester, I'm going to provide some reflections on a particular manuscript by Dr. King, on this song from Mark Miller, his rendition of Draw the Circle Wide, and this concept of belovedness and beloved community. In January 1967, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. took a rare month-long retreat. Did you know that he took a month off in 1967? He was in Ocho Rios, Jamaica, with his wife, Coretta, and with two friends. And they rented a secluded house with no telephone line. His purpose in this month off was to take on, as we heard yesterday in convocation, the next movement, the next phase in his work to which he was called. He focused on writing and drafted his book, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos or Community? The movement for civil rights had achieved important victories by this time. After the 13-month Montgomery bus boycott started in December 1955, after the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom in 1963, After the five-day march from Selma to Montgomery for voting rights in 1965, the Civil Rights Act had been passed and the Voting Rights Act had been passed. What would be the next phase of the movement? Where to go from there? In his manuscript, King recognizes that, and here I'm quoting him, The persistence of racism in depth and the dawning awareness that Negro demands will necessitate structural changes in society have generated a new phase of white resistance in North and South. There were calls for economic justice for all Americans. King knew that robust job creation and decent affordable housing would cost the nation more than just adding to voter rolls. And so in this manuscript, he develops ideas that three months later he would present in a famous speech where he lays out three major evils of racism, poverty, and war. And within a year of giving that speech, King would be assassinated. King's call to nonviolent resistance to the evils of not only racism, but also of poverty and war, drew a beloved community vision that required the upending of unjust social systems. And his words had extreme social demands. I wonder if King had lived longer into the next phase of this movement, how much more disturbing his calls for justice would have been to the dominant America as he sensed. To reach his vision of what he calls a large world house, or beloved community. He calls for revolution, and he uses that word in this text. He calls for loyalties to shift to humankind as a whole and for love to be the force that creates this community of interreligious, interracial, international fellowship. I find it Particularly interesting from a theological perspective that King explains that this beloved community, this large world house, is dependent upon self-affirmation. So King, in the section of this text where he is writing to African Americans, he emphasizes a need to internalize and express what he calls a sense of somebodyness, Self-recognition as a person with dignity and honor. Those of you who have taken or are taking Formation in God's story with Kevin and me, We'll probably hear echoes of Howard Thurman, King's mentor, in these ideas. Each human being must first and foremost see themselves as beloved in order to be able to usher in a beloved community. Indeed, in our self-affirmation, we recognize our need for an expansive community. No group can make it alone, King writes, We must shun the very narrow-mindedness that in others has so long been the source of our own affliction. If you were in EMU convocation yesterday, you heard Reverend Jones link fear with violence. And as King writes about narrow-mindedness, this is a symptom of fear and it can lead to violence. We notice this in the preface to some of the scripture passages that were read today, particularly one where the Pharisees are conspiring to destroy Jesus because they fear the upending of social systems. Becoming rigid is a natural psychological human response to a perceived threat a response to chaos, a response to difference. And King asks, where will we go from here? I wonder, in our own time, will we become rigid? Will we shrink away from difference and succumb to a spirit of fear that leads to violence? Or will we be able to recognize our own belovedness that calls us as Mark Miller sang, to draw the circle wide as beloved community. Mark Miller, as mentioned, is a professor of church music at Drew University. He's also a minister of music of Christ's Church, which is a joint congregation of the United Church of Christ and American Baptist. He believes that music, social justice, and the beloved community are inextricably tied together. And it's Miller's dream that his music might inspire and empower people to create beloved community. He arranged the new setting of Draw the Circle Wide, which we heard, from a 1994 folk hymn written by Gordon Light. That original song has three additional stanzas that we did not hear today, and I'll read them for you. God, the still point of the circle, round whom all creation turns, nothing lost but held together in God's gracious arms. Let our hearts touch far horizons, so encompass great and small. Let our loving know no borders, faithful to God's call. Let the dream we dreamed be larger than we ever dreamed before. Let the dream of Christ be in us, open every door. I can imagine why Miller may have been inspired to arrange this song for a new generation to sing as an anthem that invites us to social justice and beloved community. A UMC pastor, the Reverend Dr. Jacqueline K. Thompson, explains some of the theological reference points of these original lyrics. She writes that God as the still point of the circle is a concept that dates back to the 6th century B.C., where the still point was imagined as a gentle place of calm and balance that can overcome hard and rigid places. And in the mystic tradition, at the center of life, it is understood there is a silent, transcendent, still point. And this is the basis of all peace, love, wisdom, and joy. We see Jesus as someone who is in touch with this still point. His life is an example of responding in expansive love rather than retracting with rigidity and fear. The common theme of our scripture passages read today, of course, is Jesus as the beloved The first, in Matthew 3, opens as Jesus approaches John for baptism. Remember, this is his cousin who calls people to repent because of the nearness of the kingdom of heaven. People were flocking to John, confessing their sins and receiving baptism for repentance. When Jesus comes up for his turn to confess sins and receive baptism for repentance... Hmm. John is flustered. But he agrees to give Jesus, like everyone else, the baptism of repentance because it is the right thing to do. This sign of repentance, of submitting to God's expectations for right action, is met with an audible divine affirmation the proclamation of Jesus' true identity. Jesus is declared the Son of God, similar to Davidic kings having been called Son of God. And Jesus is declared the Beloved of God. In chapter 12, this identity as Beloved is repeated again, but now it's not just the beloved, it's my beloved. Jesus is declared the servant of God, chosen, beloved, pleasing to God's soul. This is known in the book of Matthew as a, like a summary of Jesus' healing ministry. And of course, it references the prophet Isaiah. Jesus' capacity to heal stems from his identity as beloved. Jesus is empowered through God's spirit to proclaim justice even to the Gentiles, to those located outside a circle that had been drawn by his own religious tradition. And to those who live under oppression, those who are the metaphorical, bruised reeds, and smoldering wicks. Jesus would treat with gentleness and care. Finally, the identity of beloved shows up one final time in the transfiguration scene in chapter 17 where a voice is heard from a cloud repeating the baptismal pronouncement. This is my son, the beloved. And sprinkling in some phrases from the Isaiah passage, with him I am well pleased. All who hear and see this transfiguration scene are given a command, listen to him. The disciples shrink to the ground in fear. They take on the hard posture of rigidity. But Jesus, this beloved of God, approaches them with his gentle touch He will not break a bruised reed. He invites them to rise, not to cower in fear, not to be afraid. He empowers the disciples to feel their own worth, their belovedness in his presence. I was reflecting on what it takes to draw a circle When I took geometry class, and needed a protractor to draw a perfect circle. I don't know if you remember these tools from mathematics. I found a couple of years ago that when I found an old protractor in my office supplies, I could hardly open it up because it had become closed and rusted over many years. I don't have it anymore, otherwise I would have brought it to show to you, but I couldn't really draw a circle with it anymore because it hadn't been used in quite some time. I think this is similar to our discipline and commitment of drawing a circle wide. Over time. We may lose our capacity to do this without continued attention to the presence of God who calls us beloved. This is part of what spiritual practices offer in our lives. They expand our capacity to notice God's love for us upon which the beloved community is predicated. In a sense, Spiritual practices keep our protractor from becoming too rigid, inviting us to ever expand the circle of beloved community. And if you remember, if you have used a protractor, it only takes the smallest incremental opening to make the circumference of the circle that much wider. I'm amazed, again, at how Dr. King, in the midst of a movement for social transformation, took an entire month in seclusion. I imagine him cultivating his own sense of belovedness. Listening to God, we know that he was devoting himself to written reflection. We also see Jesus taking many moments away in solitude. In these spiritual practices of attentiveness and being ourselves in the presence of God, we hear once again God's call to community and love arising out of our own belovedness. And just like Jesus then showed up for baptism in the presence of a religious community, He heard God's affirmation of himself as beloved in that communal context. I pray that our spring semester together as a seminary will be an opportunity for spiritual practices like these to continue to build within us the capacity for self-affirmation and beloved community. As we engage in seminary formation, Let us remember Dr. King's call to the church to, quote, affirm that every human life is a reflection of divinity and that every act of injustice mars and defaces the image of God. The beloved community calls us to a love that is expansive. It is deep. It is wide. I'm reminded of Paul, who writes to the Corinthians, of all the things love is and is not, it is patient, it is kind, it is not envious or boastful or insistent on its own way or irritable or resentful or rejoicing in wrongdoing. Love rejoices in the truth. As King said, unarmed truth And unconditional love will have the final word in reality. May it be so among us as we cultivate our capacity in community for belovedness. Amen.
0: Thank you, Sarah. Sarah spoke about spiritual practices that expand our capacity to respond in love as the beloved, as beloved a spiritual practice that I find super meaningful is to pray the beloved prayer practiced by Henry Nowen. Henry Nouwen, you may know, was a Dutch Catholic priest who, after teaching at several prestigious divinity schools here in the United States, found the face of God in the face of Adam and the faces of other individuals with intellectual disabilities whom he lived with in the Larsh community in Toronto, Canada for the last decade of his life. Nowen published dozens of books on spirituality and prayer And about the beloved prayer, Nouwen said, Why is it important that you are with God and God alone on the mountaintop? It's important because it's the place in which you can listen to the voice of the one who calls you the beloved. To pray is to listen to the one who calls you my beloved daughter my beloved son, my beloved child. To pray is to let that voice speak to the center of your being, to your guts, and let that voice resound in your whole being, End quote. This prayer practice is so simple and yet so profound. It is a three part, 30 minute prayer session. Meditating for 10 minutes on Jesus, you are the beloved. Then meditating for 10 minutes on Jesus, I am the beloved. And finally, meditating for 10 minutes. On Jesus, we are all the beloved. Because we do not have 30 minutes left in our time together today, I would like to lead you in abbreviated, if you'll bear with me, um, beloved prayer, um, just to give you a taste of this practice before we close our time together. Um, so I would like to invite you to begin by allowing your eyes to close, if that feels comfortable to you. If not, just simply relax your gaze. And relax your body, allowing any tension that is present in your body to drift away as you take gentle, easy breaths. Now for the next few moments, I invite you to repeat these words silently inside your mind as you gently breathe in and out. Jesus, you are the beloved. When your mind wanders as it inevitably will, simply begin again with the words of the prayer, Jesus, you are the Beloved. Jesus, you are the Beloved. Now for the next few moments, I invite you to shift the focus of your prayer from Jesus to yourself. As you gently breathe in and out, silently pray, Jesus, I am the beloved. Perhaps this prayer is a bit more difficult for you to pray. And if you find your mind wandering even more frequently, simply notice this and begin again with your prayer. Jesus, I am the Beloved. Jesus, I am the beloved. For a final few moments of this prayer, I invite you to shift your focus outward and pray, Jesus, we are all the beloved. Perhaps as you pray these words, you will visualize a specific group of people. Perhaps your family and friends, this seminary community, the body of Christ. All humanity, all creation, Jesus, we are all the beloved. When you're ready, I invite you to open your eyes. And let us pray together aloud the words of all three parts. Jesus, You are the beloved. Jesus, I am the beloved. Jesus, we are all the beloved. Amen. I hope you all found that practice as meaningful as I do, and you will try it yourself um, when you have more time. Um, I wonder for you if some of the parts are easier than others, um, as it is for me. Um, Sometimes it varies, and yet I keep praying it because I believe. So let's watch one more short video clip from Mark Miller and Ken Miedema's virtual concert.
6: I believe in the sun I believe in the sun even when even when it's not shining I believe in the sun I
7: believe
6: sun even when even
7: when it's not shining i believe in love.
0: Just really quickly, I want to draw your attention to the community events that we have a line in um, upcoming chapels because you have not yet... Um, become involved so this is your invitation to contact me with your ideas this is a community endeavor and I am so excited about what we will build together here um, as beloved community um, this semester here at EMS Um, for our benediction today we are going to end with a beginning Um, Because while it is true we have finally come to the end of our worship service, it is also true that we are at the beginning of our semester together. So I would like to bless our adventure with this poem written by Jan Richardson. Beginning with Beloved, a blessing. Begin here. Beloved. Is there any other word needs saying? Any other blessing could compare with this name, this knowing? Beloved. Comes like a mercy to the ear that has never heard it. Comes like a river to the body that has never seen such grace. Beloved. Beloved comes holy to the heart, aching to be new, comes healing to the soul, wanting to begin again.
7: Beloved.
0: Keep saying it, and though it may sound strange at first, watch how it becomes part of you, as if you never could have known yourself anything else, as if you could ever have been other than this. Beloved, may you go from here as beloved in this beloved community.
7: Amen.